Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Let me begin with a word of thanks to all of the leaders of the diocese, both lay and clergy who have stepped up in this time of national crisis to provide loving care to those in need. You are on the front lines of this current challenge and I'm impressed with the care and love that you are showing at this time. You and your work give me strength and hope. You are a blessing to many. Let me also say a word of thanks to those who are healthcare workers or emergency workers, people in our government, folks who are working hard to keep everyone safe. Thank you so much. The other day, I found myself in the checkout line of my local North Portland grocery store. I was talking to the person scanning my groceries about what a strange situation we are in in this time of COVID-19 virus. I said something like, wow, we have never been in a situation like this before. And the checker said, yes, we have. I took another look at the checker and noted that she was a lot younger than me. And I thought to myself, how could she be saying such a thing? Then I thought, oh, wait, she's saying that in the course of human history, we as humans have faced similar situations. And so I simply said, ah, yes, you are right, but you and I have never faced this threat before. And she agreed. Indeed, we are in extraordinary times. On Thursday of this last week, I participated in a webcast with the Oregon Health Department. It was designed for faith leaders across the whole of Oregon. One of the key takeaways from that conversation was their statement that social distancing is the primary tool they have to fight this virus. Not a tool, but the primary tool. At the cathedral today, we are practicing that social distancing as we celebrate this Eucharist together, and I urge you to listen to our state and local health officials and to follow their good guidance. It is good advice. In a democratic country, we rely on all of our citizens to work together to create the best possible outcome. And so it is up to you and is up to me to do what we can to assist in limiting the severity of this crisis. In this morning's Hebrew scripture reading, we hear of the rejection of Saul as leader of the nation and of the anointing of David as king. The least of all possible candidates, David. The one of Jesse's sons no one thought about to invite to the event. Not the person most likely to be called. It should remind us that God's choice in a situation is often not the choice we would first think of considering. And it should remind us that God always has another plan for what to do in any situation. In God's world, there are no blind alleyways. We are the ones who can feel blind. And we are the ones who can feel without resource 
but God never does. In Psalm 23 this morning, sung so well by members of the cathedral choir, we discovered that God is shepherd and guide, and that even though we walk through the shadow of the valley of death, God is beside us to comfort us. And that should remind us that we are beloved by God and that the goodness and mercy of God will be with us all the days of our lives. We are not alone, and we do not have to walk this pathway alone. In Ephesians, Paul writes to comfort the community during times uh, that are difficult. Paul reminds his fellow Christians that being a part of the community that it means that you are a part of something new, part of something good. He makes the distinction between being in the dark and being in the light. He claims that the fruit of the light is all that is good and true and right. Ephesians should remind us that we are people of the light, of goodness and of truth. In times that feel dark and lonely, like these times can feel, let us be reminded to shine and rise, for Christ shines in us. I know at times it's difficult to feel like shining, and we cannot always manage it. But I encourage you to shine out in this time. We may only be able to use the phone or other distance-maintaining methods Yet we can shine the light of God's love on all those we encounter. Let us let them know that they too are beloved of God. In the Gospel of John, we have a long story, read so well by the dean, of a man born blind from birth. We do not know his name, but we know that he was healed by Jesus. And then, because it could not be in that society that such a miracle was possible, and because in that cultural context the norm was to assign sin to someone for the act and for the fact of blindness, because of these cultural understandings, this man was put through a heavy interrogation about his healing and how it had occurred. Folks in this story just can't seem to trust that the seemingly impossible has happened. They refuse to acknowledge the healing and to give God praise for what has happened. How long will we be skeptical of God's love and healing power? How long will we continue to be in denial about the capacity of God and God's loving presence in our lives and in the lives of others? God's presence manifests itself in healing that which is broken in so many ways in our society on a daily basis. Instead of arguing about it, let us simply acknowledge that the forces of God's love is stronger than the forces of evil, destruction, and pain. Yes, there is evil and pain and death in the world, but God's love overcomes all evil. In the past week, I have heard the stories of clergy and laity in Oregon who were scared, those who are hurting and suffering due to the effects of COVID-19. 
people afraid that they have seen their parent for the last time. People who have family in areas of the world more affected and less resourced than we are. People who are grieving over the loss of a loved one and have no real timeline for a funeral. People wondering simply if there will be enough money to pay the bills. I am not inclined to think that anyone can keep us from the pain that we will experience in these situations. This evil is real and it is deadly. But we can, and we are, those who show up in love to heal that which is broken. Let me say that again. We can, and we are, those who show up in love to heal that which is broken. As Christians, we know that after the cross, after Good Friday, after Easter morning, after all of those things comes Easter morning, resurrection and new life appears. In the Book of Common Prayer, you can find a proper preface for the commemoration of the dead, and in that prayer are these words. For to your faithful people, O Lord, life is changed, not ended. And when our mortal body lies in death, there is prepared for us a dwelling place eternal in the heavens. And in the burial service, we are reminded all of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And yes, I just used the A word during Lent. These are extraordinary times. So be of reasonable good cheer. Acknowledge the bad and the evil, but be people of God. Be the people of the light, the people who know that God always has another plan and that there are no blind alleyways in God's economy. Do not live skeptical of God's power and capacity to heal. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor. For the power of God is the power of love, of healing, and of resurrection and new life. The man born blind had his sight restored by Jesus because Jesus refused to believe that life could not be made better except through his actions and words. As Jesus, we, through our words and our actions, create a world of justice, of truth, and of love. The woman at the grocery store was correct. We have experienced this before. And through prayer and hard work and love, we have always survived and even thrived. May it ever be so. Amen.